Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And you know what? Going into this week, I kind of expected it to be, you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of hoopla over the NFL and and obviously the Hall of Fame weekend. And, and that's always a big deal. You know, the Hall of Fame game is is let's be honest, it's probably one of the the uh, I'm not going to say boring, but worst football games you can watch because it's it's like that extra preseason game that no one wants to play um it's like the only two teams in those in that game have to play five preseason games so they don't play anybody just play a bunch of guys that may not make the team uh the only intrigue i could say from uh this year's game was because it paired the baltimore ravens and the uh, chicago bears now why that's a big deal is because at least with the Ravens, you have this big question mark of who's going to be the backup quarterback. And you get to see the rookie debut of um, of Jackson and, and just his, you know, his whole thing is Lamar Jackson going to be the real deal. Is he going to be able to play quarterback in the NFL? Remember the guy fell to being the last pick in the first round. And that was a big deal for a lot of people. I was one of those people that were very skeptical of him. I mean, the guy put up crazy numbers in college for Louisville. And I just really couldn't, you know, fathom he could do the same thing in the pros. Now, granted, let's, let's put this in perspective. It's You could only do what you can do against certain competitions. So it's not like he, could, he had an option to play against NFL-type talent. But, you know, the, the conference he was in and, and just the, the way that he played... Everyone always likes to make the assessment that he won't be able to translate that, that translate that type of play to the NFL. Now, also, with that being said, what really translates to being a good quarterback in the NFL? I mean, I think about guys that were told that maybe they should change positions. Even Michael Vick, I think at one point was told that obviously a powerful arm, never that never really that great accurate, you know, accuracy wise. I'm just uh, curious to see if Lamar Jackson had the good. So we got to see a little bit of him in the Hall of Fame game. Also, we got to see Robert Griffin III. I can't even call him RG3 anymore. And here's why. RG3 was a video game. He was basically Mr. Everything for the Washington Redskins for his rookie season. Uh, I believe that was 2012. And... Since then, since the whole injury with Shanahan having him out there with the bad knee, you know, he just couldn't get anything going. The guy was just a shell of himself. Um, injury after injury. Can't, you know, hang on to the football. He just can't beat the rush. He was just having every issue you can have as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So it just had a lot of people, you know, giving up on him. Uh, the Washington Redskins were the first team to give up on him. Then he went on to the uh, Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns, let's be honest, Cleveland Browns, that's just another dead end. The best thing going for the Cleveland Browns right now is the fact that they are on Hard Knocks. Yeah, I'm going to get back to that in a second. Uh, So the first episode of Hard Knocks, pretty interesting stuff. That's all I can say. It's just pretty interesting stuff. I wish I could just play the whole uh, Jarvis Landry speech, but... I do want to keep this a family show, and it was not family-friendly. So uh, I just want to put that out there for those that want to hear that. You could check it out somewhere else. But uh, I do want to just bring up, once again, RG3 looking for a job. So the whole Hall of Fame game was a big deal for him. 
it's a snooze fest for the most part. The biggest thing with the Hall of Fame weekend is obviously the Hall of Fame. Going into the Hall of Fame this year, you had Terrell Owens, you had Randy Moss, you had Brian Urlacher, you had uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to see if I Brian Dawkins. Uh, there's there's some, so many other people in there as well. But the biggest thing is always that the speeches that are made. And I'm going to play some a little bit of their speeches. I'm not going to play the whole thing. A little bit from Randy Moss, a little bit from Ray Lewis, as well as a little bit from Terrell Owens. Oh, that's my next topic right now. Terrell Owens, T.O. He is still very bitter, very sour of the fact that he did not go into the Hall of Fame on a first ballot. You know, kind of the same way like uh, Randy Moss went in first ballot. Terrell Owens' numbers are amazing. They're like top five in most categories all time. All the, If you look at the numbers alone, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. There's just no other way to look at it. But because of his attitude on the field and off the field, I mean, he was never a criminal. Let's put that in perspective. He never did anything wrong that was horrible in regards to breaking the law. But in regards to being a good teammate, he always fell short. He was always that guy that, you know, they say got coaches fired, got quarterbacks in trouble. Uh, he had divided locker rooms. This is everywhere he went. So this is the Pro Football Hall of Fame's way of being petty and getting back at him for being such a uh, a headache, you know, a problem child in the locker room for his entire career. I, for one, think you should just, you know, worry about the guy's merits. The guy put on a great show every time he went out there. He came to play all-time great wide receiver. Give the man his due when it comes to that. With that being said, as great as T.O. is, yes, he is a headache. And he gave him another reason that weekend to prove that he was a headache. He refused to do his speech in front of everyone else, in front of, you know, Canton and, and doing the whole gold jacket. He did his own private ceremony at his old college, Tennessee Chattanooga. And I, I was, you know, I, I watched it. And I'm going to play a, a little bit of it just so you guys can understand some of the bitterness that he had. Because that's what it seemed like the, the speech really focused on, that he was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Granted, T.O., I understand. You feel like you deserved it. Everyone who knows your stats, knows how hard you played, knows you deserved it. But actions like this are just a reminder as to why they will continue to take jabs at you. Not going to the Hall of Fame when people who have played for years upon years are still getting passed over in the sixth or fifth try or however many tries they get. We're just not given the opportunity to join the Hall of Fame and you get in. You got to show some appreciation. I, I understand. Yes, you 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 definitely 100% deserve to be first ballot. But please understand this. Your attitude goes a long way. And a lot of people just didn't like you. That's, that's just put it in perspective. The fact that you got in, I'm not saying you have to go in and kiss anybody's butt. You just got to be honest. Speak from the heart. You should have done this at Canton. And just try to walk away with some humility. That's all you had to do, T.O. I just, I was really disappointed. I'm a fan of, of, of T.O. as a player. I think he's one of the best I've ever seen. And I was disappointed. I really wanted to see him and Canton making that speech. You know, you got to show that you're bigger than that. You got to show that you are more than what people paint you out to be. You know, they paint you out to be the selfish guy. Well, now it looks like you did the most selfish thing. 
it's just it's just these little things that you know to i don't know if he'll ever figure it out whatever he does later in life i, I don't get it but that was an opportunity missed man you really could have Done something special with that core. It was a great core. You had Ray Lewis in there. You had Brian Erlacher, Randy Moss, Brian Dawkins. Such a core group right there to be a part of. And you want to single yourself out. That just doesn't sit right with me. I, I just, I, I can't respect it. I felt like you could have done so much more with that. And you had the platform to do more. So, I, I don't know, T.O., man. That's, that's an L right there. I'm going to play a little bit of his speech as well. Now, because, like I said, it was a big talk was about football. Football's back. I get it. Basketball, the NBA, free agency is still underway. And I was able to get access to and actually get an invite to two different things. And this is from the um, Brooklyn Nets. So shout out to the Brooklyn Nets organization for what they do with the community and their um, efforts to just give back to the playgrounds, to the kids. Uh, they they have programs going on throughout August and in different locations, playgrounds, um, sports facilities, just anything to get people active dur- during the summer. And just the players and the coaches are giving their time to give back to the community. I just going to commend them. It's just a, a great job. Great job all around. And uh, one of the recent events I was at was uh, at Edmonds Playground in Brooklyn there was a uh, a special basketball um uh, basketball event in regards to uh, the nets giving away over 2000 basketballs to different playgrounds with kids and edmund's playground was one of the playgrounds as Karis Levert stopped by and spoke to different children there and took pictures signed autographs and uh they did little drills like back and forth just getting kids active here during the summer I thought it was really cool. Karis took the time to speak with with uh, many of us in the media. It was a a really cool outing. Um, also, a uh, big shout out to Sean Porter who uh, stopped by. Those who not who do not know, Sean Porter is uh, a former welterweight champion. He's going to be facing Danny Garcia. Yes, Danny Garcia for the title in September. So pretty cool stuff. That's going to be at Barclays Center. I got to see him and uh, speak to him for a second. Really cool guy, and uh, just. Like I said, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I got to speak a little with, with Karis. I'm going to play all his responses because it was not just myself. It was other reporters going on in the scrum. And uh, we just asked different questions at him. So I'm just going to play his uh, all his responses to it at one time. So stay tuned for that. As well as my little one-on-one with two fans, two very young fans that were extremely excited to see Karis Levert walk through their playground as they shared their thoughts on the whole uh, situation. Also, staying with the Brooklyn Nets and their theme, like I said, they're just so open to the community. I was also given access to a special conference call with uh, General Manager Sean Marks. Sean Marks been the General Manager for the Nets for about two years now. Remember, he came over from San Antonio Spurs, has really gone to the forefront of this whole rebuild and just given this team new hope. He's brought in some nice young talent, uh, most recently, Kenneth Fareed, he, he was a veteran he uh, traded for. He traded for, um, or actually signed um, Shabazz Napier. He's revamping the way the team is just set up. Uh, dealing away Jeremy Lin was a tough move for a team, but they understood that they have, they're so deep at the guard position with Dinwiddie, with uh, D'Angelo Russell. It just made sense. Um, I'm looking at this Nets team, and I'm excited. 
But uh, just back to this call, he uh, answered a lot of questions from season ticket holders who have a season ticket holders for like over 10 years. And I'm going to play the main portion that he just dealt with talking about free agency in uh, 2019, how the Nets are preparing for that big free agency pool because they're going to have a lot of money to spend, as well as a lot of talented players will be available. And this is this year is just about building what they have now to be ready to compete in most people's opinions next year. So I do like the plan. Sean Marks, he didn't sugarcoat it. He kept it very honest, and I like that. I thought it was a really cool call. It was nothing fake about it. Usually you always want to, you know, you're going to hear the fake responses saying, oh, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He kept it honest. He said, we're going to play hard. This team may not be winning, uh, you know, 50 games this year, but they're going to play hard. And I, I thought that was a really cool and honest way to deliver that message. So, I'm going to play that a little bit later. And, uh, you know, so the big focus today is on the Hall of Fame and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So a little bit of a different dynamic. You get football, you get some basketball. Well, what could you ask for, right? I want to remind everybody, check me out on Instagram as well as Twitter as at Ed Easton Jr. Let me know if you have any thoughts on the show. Send me any ideas. If you want me to come out and, and cover an event, I'm willing to do that as well. I'm open to DMs. That's usually the best way to go. Uh, also, just for everybody that wants more details on the show, SportsSocialPod.com is getting a facelift. So check that out soon. Currently under construction, but it is getting a nice and much needed facelift. So look forward to that. And uh, before I go to break, I said we're going to talk a little hard knocks. Well, I'm not going to get into details, the full details of the first episode, but I'm going to play you a little clip from the first episode and this is actually Hugh Jackson talking to Baker Mayfield as his fans are cheering him on giving him basically what every rookie needs to hear on their first day of camp and um, when we come back on the other side we're going to jump right into those Hall of Fame speeches with Terrell Owens, Randy Moss and Ray Lewis. You're listening to Sports Social with Edison Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tell you what, this is uh, a little <laughs> bit different than Oklahoma training camp. What's up, my son? So I guess that's what you said when you said it was different. I tried to tell you. And uh, what time do you normally get up in the mornings? I was a little bit later this morning. No, no, I know. But no, what time do you normally come over? Depends on when we start. Huh? Try and get in about two hours before. Okay. Do you ever come in with uh, your boy Five? He does, it, he does his own little workouts in the mornings. Where's your own little workout in the morning? Huh? Where's your own little workout in the morning? You start starting your career how you want to. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's a competition in everything you do, baby. You know how to do it. Why not? <laughs> you know, it doesn't help. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. Match day is no ordinary day. The pitch, hallowed ground for players and supporters alike. 
Excitement builds. Game plans are made with responsibility in mind. Celebrations are underway. Ready for kickoff, MLS clubs and our supporters rise to the challenge. We make responsible decisions while we cheer on our heroes and toast their success. Elevate your match day experience. If you drink, never drive. As I stand here, looking around this arena, wow, this is a blessing. Truly an honor to be here in front of you guys. One of my favorite quotes by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. It says, the ultimate measure of man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I've been in a lot of those. My character has been heavily challenged and questioned for many years, but today I stand here to put truth to power, or power to truth. So I want to address the elephant in the room. Many of you may be wondering why we're, we're here instead of Canton. There's been a lot of speculation and false reports as to why I chose not to be there. I would like to set the record straight. It's not because how many times it took for me to be voted into the hall. It's about the mere fact that the sports writers are not in alignment with the mission and core values of the Hall of Fame. These writers disregarded the system, the criteria, and bylaws in which guys are inducted and ultimately the true meaning of the Hall of Fame and what it represents. I wanted to take a stand so the next guy coming after me will not have to go through what I and others have gone through. Whether it's three years or 45 years, you should get what you rightfully earned. <laughs> to the critics and doubters, those individuals who have smiled in my face but defamed me behind my back, you know who you are. Daddy and Uncle Ran Ran did it all for you all. You all are my responsibility. And now, let you all know, we are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> Sunday night introduction. Where are you from? The state of West Virginia, are you in the house? Believe me when I tell you all where I come from, I knew I had to carry you all. From the bottom of my heart, I know a lot of people out there struggling. Really wanted to see a young kid from Ram, West Virginia grew up the same way that a lot of kids out there grew up. Struggling, single parent, single family homes. But I cannot forget my small, uncorporated community ran West Virginia. 
That's where it all started. That was the foundation. Raised in the streets. All y'all boys, all y'all ladies know, for those years that we were in Rand, West Virginia, where nobody even checked on us, did not care what was going on. We stuck together. There's a lot of country folk out here, and I'm proud to be from the state of West Virginia. We have one well-knitted community, and from the bottom of my heart, I want to stay, thank my community and the state for all the love and support. It really means a lot to me. And with all that said, I'm bringing this gold jacket back tomorrow at the town center, 4.30. All y'all West Virginians want to see this gold jacket. Meet me at the town center tomorrow at 4.30. I got a little work to do here, but I will be home as soon as I'm done so y'all can lay eyes on this gold jacket because this is ours. Any Viking fans in the house? Viking fans, first and foremost, I got to give the credit to where it's due. Where would we be without Dennis Green? Because he wouldn't have drafted me. Where would the Minnesota Viking true Randy Moss real fans be if Dennis Green would have never pulled that trigger at the 21st pick? I want to thank all the true Minnesota Viking fans for being able to stick through with me through thick and thin ups and downs, bumpy roads. This is for us. This is for us. The Will family. I want to thank you for opening the door and not being scared to reach out. You all are great owners. Y'all promised to stay the stadium. Y'all delivered. Y'all continue to do great things in that state and a Super Bowl will be coming your way. Thank you, Will family. <laughs> to the Raider Nation and to the late Mr. Al Davis, I want to thank you for letting me experience what the silver and black was all about. I'm so sorry that things didn't go according to plan. But for my 14 years, I do not regret one day, one practice, one meeting i do it all over again. I love it that much. To the Raider Nation, Davis family, thank y'all for letting me have that experience. To the Kraft family, thank you for ignoring the noise and welcoming me with open arms. It was God's will for us to be able to cross paths and Mr. Kraft, the late Meyer Kraft gave me a handshake and told me she was glad that I was here. And I want to thank you personally for finding out on your own if I was real or not. Thank you, Kraft family.
There is a coach by the name of Dante Skarnecki. Dante, I want to thank you. One of the worst times in my career, I received a letter from you telling me what you had learned from me and what an inspiration I was to you and coach that uplifted me so much. You have no idea. Because I was down and out. I wanted to leave the game. Scar, you talked me back into the game just with that letter. And I want to thank you for it. To the Tennessee Titan fans and organizations, thank you. Steve Watterson, thank you for being able to put up with me. I was only there for a short stint, but you put up with me for a couple weeks. Thank you. To the 49er fans and organization, I want to thank you for giving me my last run at one. Ray took it. Ray took it. But I want to thank you for this great opportunity. Last but not least, I'm not going to forget about you. Bill Belichick, I'm not going to forget about you. I want to thank you for being a friend when it wasn't always about football. You showed me how much I love the game. You challenged me every day to go out here and be great. You challenged me to be great, coach. And I'm sorry we did not bring it home. All those individual wars don't really mean anything to me. Football is a team sport. Football is a team sport. If you checked your pride in at the door and you're not ashamed, for all my teammates, coaches, equipment managers that's in attendance today, I want to thank you all because it doesn't take one. It takes all 11 of us. So for all my teammates that I just talked about, man, stand up. Stand up right now. All my teammates, coaches, equipment managers, trainers, stand up. Don't be ashamed. I want to thank you all. There is not one, it's 11. And with all that said, go buses here, go jackets on all the way from the streets of Rand, West Virginia. Maxine Patricia Moss. We are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. God bless and have a good night. Nineteen ninety-nine, 1999-2001 may have been some of the darkest moments of my life. But I tell you something, when God says, can you hear me now? He sends you a family to make sure you're okay while you're going through what you're going through. What you did for me, what my Atlanta family did for me, Mona Lisa, listen to you. What y'all did for me, Steve Bashotti. What you believed in me, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. What? What? How many times, man, you sat in the same house looking at each other? What we said, Baltimore is our city. We'll do anything for Baltimore. Anything. That's the way you end it. Yeah. 
A lot of people call you the greatest Olympian, greatest Olympian ever. I call you one of my greatest friends, brother. I appreciate you, man. Man, I'm coming to an end because I want to kind of, I want to bless you guys with something. Me and Ed Reed, Monty, my goodness, Rohan Marley. Man, I want to thank my, I want to, I want to just thank you guys for that trip. My God, you up, you may, you may be up here next year, back to back again. I want to thank, I want, I, I, I just need to, I want to thank. All of Monty, you're the, best, you're the best trainer in the freaking world, boy. You hear me? Yeah. In that left corner, I want you to look over there in that left corner because I would never leave Baltimore. But in that left corner, it's all of my graduates from my solar company that we work in Baltimore about creating jobs and providing opportunities to give people a better chance. That's what we doing. We took a bus up here to bless our city. That's our corner. To the Hall of Fame, I was introduced to something yesterday that forever changed my life. I saw, I saw egos set aside. I saw men talk as men. I saw men close the door from all aspects of life, from all races of life, and we came to a solution, and it wasn't no judgmental. It was just conversation. That's what makes this family so great. That's why I'm so happy to be a proud of this family. Papa Brown, Tim Brown, I sat below your, below your legs and you looked down at me and you said, I'm passing the torch to you. Not because of fear, but because of respect. Because people who listen to you, you said. I thank you. Mama, look how far we came. Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. To the man, to the man that gave me, to the man that gave me that name to the man that gave me that name, sitting in the incubator without a name, and a friend of my mom's done us a favor. He loaned me the name Ray Lewis, and I promised, I told him, I will make your name great someday. The Hall of Fame class 2018, too many great names, man. Dawkins, Moss, Kramer, Brazier, Erlacher, Owens, Berthard, I'm just honored to be up here. But there's something I have to ask. I always got to leave with an ask. And let's get out of here after this ask, man. But for all of us up here, it's how we reacted to these challenges in our lives that determine our greatness. Now, how do we react in this moment? How do we turn our legend into legacy? I've been thinking a lot, right, about Dr. Martin Luther King and his challenge for us. His destiny, his destiny was not to see his dream through but to spark the mind that will ask, how do we execute that dream? Who will answer that knock on the door in the middle of the night? And I see that it's gotta be us. And it gotta start right now. Our country need real leaders. Real leaders. 
We need people, we need people that who are willing to step up and take action, need people willing to fight for what is good and what is right. How do we react to challenges in our country right now? Think about this. Take us from being, we could go from being legends into building a legacy bigger than football, bigger than sports. I want us to work together to really take on these challenges, to look at our goals and what unites us. Surely there's something. How about stopping our kids from dying in schools? Can we please put prayer back in schools? Please. How about, how, how about protecting our children from a terrifying life of being sex trafficked? I'd lose my mind if my daughter got sick. How about helping our neighbors that can't afford their medicine? How can we do this? How can we come together? The answer is simple. The answer is love. Hope, faith, and love, and the greatest is love. I'm talking about a selfless love, a true love from my mother and my God, the love described by Dr. Martin Luther King, the love that sacrifices and is defined by action, action taken for others, the actions of stepping up and being a leader. It's no different than what we all do. Did to get here. We rose to the challenge week after week for the love of the game, for the love of our team. That love just doesn't go away when we retire. It's still in us, burning to be used. And I'm talking to you at home, too. Martin said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subs and verb, and verb agree to serve. You don't, have to, you, you don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. In the next 30 days, I want you to think about why you get up in the morning. What is most important to you in this life? Are you living every day to make this world better? We must come together as brothers and sisters. If I keep my hands separated, anybody can come and bend my fingers. But power, I promise you, if I put my fists together, there's nothing we can't do. Think what we can do if we work together as a country. For me, my guiding purpose is to carry out God's destiny for my life. How do I do that? By not just loving my neighbors as I love myself, but by challenging people to walk with me and teaching our nation how to love each other again. And what do I do? What, what wouldn't I do to make this happen? That's the reason I'm here, to call this crew to action, to inspire, to come together and raise up our country. Everybody can serve. Anyone can be a leader. When you take action to lift up your community, to inspire others to dream and to do more, you're a leader. Listen, our gravestone, our gravestone has a day, a day when you were born and a day when you die. And they got a dash in between. And that dash defines what your legacy is. It's time. Leave you with this last, with this last thought. Dr. Miles Monroe compares leaders to the king of the jungle, he says. He says the lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. The lion is not the largest animal in the jungle. The lion is not the smartest nor the most intelligent animal in the jungle. And yet when the lion shows up, he is king. <laughs> he is king. You don't need to be intelligent. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to have a certain height. You don't need to have a certain weight. You don't need to have any kind of advantage, and yet you can be a leader. I was not the biggest, the strongest, or fastest, but my goals were clear. My actions were and still are in service of those goals. 
I was a leader on the field then, I'm a leader in my community now. Now I've joined a new team and my goal is clear with this team, to lift up my brothers and sisters, to inspire the leaders in this next generation to fight for love, not money, not fame, not success, not how many followers I got, but to fight for love. My mother once told me, she said, win the race. She said, run your race, Ray. She said, don't give up, do not sit down, do not lie down, but stand up, go forward, and I will go with you. One of the greatest gifts my mom ever gave me was the Bible. Now the Bible made me who I am today. Ephesians 3, to 3 of verse 20 says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, far beyond all you can ever ask, think or imagine, according to the power that's working within you. Walk with me out of here today with the mission in your mind, in your heart, vow to be a leader in your community, vow to be a ray of light in the world around you. Together, there's nothing we can't do. Hall of Fame 2018. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball star Uncle Drew? Don't do it like that, Uncle Drew! You're already acing the game. You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry about that. You just did the nah. same. Gotta get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team. And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I get buckets. Get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. Okay, Sports Social, we are back. And as I promised, we're going to get right into the Brooklyn Nets segment. We're going to first jump into the events that happened at Edmonds Playground, getting a chance to speak to Karis LeVert. Here are his responses to questions about the team's future, free agency, uh, losing players like Jeremy Lin, who's actually meant a lot to him. And uh, also, I'm going to speak to two young Nets fans on just the whole experience of having the Nets involved with their community, as well as meeting Karis LeVert. And following that, Sean Marks gives us his thoughts on the 2019 free agency and the entire process when it comes to wooing a free agent to the Brooklyn Nets. It feels good to uh, come out here and you know see all the kids, see them working hard, having fun. You know, that's the most important thing. It means a lot. I remember I was a kid. I used to like anything, you know, um, the NBA team. Whether that be a T-shirt or basketball or anything. I think you know sometimes we take that for granted. But it feels good to be out here with these kids and see the smiling faces. A couple of faces, but I think you know. Um, the, uh, the core guys is kind of the same. We got a still a young core. Um, we added some great pieces. You know, Sean and Kenny have done a great job of doing that. Um, I think going into the, the end of the summer training camp, we got a nice core of guys. 
I think so. I think that's the beauty in everything. You know, we've got a lot of guys that can play a lot of positions. A lot of guys that can play together, actually. Um, I think last year you saw that with Spencer and D'Angelo playing together. So I think that's a good problem to have, honestly. A lot of guys that can play. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes going in the training. Um, you know, it always sucks. Like that. You know, Jeremy was like a big brother. Uh, he still is. Um, you know, Isaiah as well. It's not cool to lose guys like that. But, you know, it's a business that happens. Um, but, you know, that doesn't change our relationship at all. I wish those guys the best. I think so. You know, as a player, that's not really our job to you know focus on that type of stuff. We just play. Um, and I think, like I said, Kenny and Sean did a great job of uh, bringing in some good guys. So you know, I can't wait to get this year started. Okay, I'm here with Kevin at today's event. Kevin, how's it feel to be like at the park today and uh, getting to meet Karis Levert? Uh, you know. Karis LeVert, the Brooklyn Nets, they've always been like, I've always been fans of them. And the fact that he's taking his own time out to come and meet with us, that's, that's just amazing. And the fact that he's, he's spending time with us and like giving back to the community, that's just amazing. That's all I could ask for. And that's great. I'm here with Daniel. And Daniel, how does it feel to be at this event and meeting Karis LeVert? Uh, it's great to see someone that's from the community come out and give back. I mean, he's already made it. He's coming here, giving his own time from his own day. He's coming to support. He's giving back to the community. And, like, from, from someone in the community standpoint, like, it's great to see that. Yeah. What we wanted to, to, to walk out of here summer with, um, you know, look, we can always debrief and say, could we have done something better and, you know, could we have gone about it a different way? And you know, that's part of the business here. But at the end of the day, you're never sure what's going to be thrown throw in our direction. So something I am proud of is how the group was able to pivot and, and, and navigate a, um, a draft and a, and a free agency that can go in many directions and it can go pretty quick. Um, so our, our group did a nice job of really collaborating and, and um, discussing. It starts a year, you know, go back a year. That's kind of when you're starting to talk about what could um, be thrown across our board and what should we prepare for and so forth. So I, I think our group did a nice job there and you know, again, now it's 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 back to the drawing board on you know the next year and 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 two in front of us. I think uh, absolutely, and a lot of that starts with sort of the role playing that we do um, as an office. We're, we're often caught in there in the dog days of January or December yeah. or wherever it is, saying, okay, well, what if what if this happened? You know, you you play the role of Team X, and let's see let's see where we go with this and. And I think that's inevitably helped us um, navigate, again, the, the sort of the, the ups and downs and the turbulence that, that is the NBA. Um, so, you know, again, you, you never know. I mean, things can happen really quickly. Uh, it's about having, a, obviously, a plan A. But, again, uh, your plan B, for instance, you know, we always go back to sort of the, um, the Otto Porter yeah. situation that, uh, to use that as an example, you know, he got matched. We didn't end up with Otto Porter. It, it was never about, oh boy, we got $100 million. Let's go spend it somewhere else. It was, that was the guy that we had um, targeted as being a system fit, culture fit, somebody that we wanted to be part of our group. Uh, it obviously didn't work out for us, and, and, you know, and he remained in Washington. But again, it was, okay, plan B for us did not involve another free agent in that particular instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, one of our um, one of our goals that you alluded to 
earlier in the discussion was for us was just to stay patient and to have that level of look, do the work, be prepared. We never know where it's going to be, where it's going to go. Um, but again, let's not try and fast track this. Let's not skip steps along the way. Uh, make sure every decision we make is at least we've tried to be as strategic as possible. Um, and yeah, look, we, there's no question. You know, we're, we like the young group that we've that we've got right now. We've got. Um, we've been able to um, go out there and get some young draft guys and develop them. Our coaching staff has done a terrific job with the guys, but also the, the veterans that we've targeted along the way here, and, the, and they've played a role. You know, you go back to you know the first year here when we had a guy like Randy Foy in here. Like people forget that the veterans that have played a role in building this and helped build us uh, have all played a, a pretty substantial role in, in um, helping develop those young guys along the way, and that's this. No difference to the vets that we've got in there right now. Yeah, I think it's really important that, you know, whomever the vet is that comes in here um, is humble enough to know that, look, we're in a building franchise here. Um, it's not always going to be about wins and losses for us. It's going to be about development along the, along the last couple of years here. Um, you know, and at that same point, it's you better be ready to go because, you know, Kenny wants, all of us, you know, we want a group here that's going to be competitive. And we're going to demand it from everybody. It doesn't matter. There's nothing given to anybody. As you, you've heard um, our group mention, you know, Kenny and myself, over the course of the last two years, there's, there's never been a, well, he's our starting X. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. You deserve it. You put the work in and uh, in, in practice and in summers and, you know, right now. Um, that's where the dividends pay off, and, and you'll be rewarded, and you know you'll, you'll, be, you'll be the one playing out there. Thankfully, we have a year to prep for, yeah. and plan for, and like every free agency starts, you know, 2019's free agency's already begun, right? So in terms of looking at your cap and how you're going to um, fill out your roster-wise, and who the you know the the pending free agents may be, and so forth, um, to sell Brooklyn. Um, I don't want to say it's easy, but for those that have been around Brooklyn and been a part of this borough and this market, um, they know what it's all about. I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I I love it here. So it's, for me personally, it's look, I can't wait to come to work every day and, and be in the city, be amongst these people. Um, and that's, I guess, to Albert's second piece where you're saying how can how can they how can our fans play a role in this and. To be honest, that's one of the key factors of why I was so intrigued about coming here. And I know a lot of our staff, I mean, our staff is all pretty much brand new, that comes in here and says, look, I, I want to be part of something special here. Um, there's going to be nothing like winning in Brooklyn. There's going to be nothing like, um, you, you know, being able to turn this franchise around and get a group of diehard fans here that, you know, they're, they're you know, and Kenny has said this in all his press conferences sort of every day, is like, Man, the fans stuck with us. You know, gosh, that was an ugly game, but man, they, they were here. They were supporting us and so forth. And to me, that means an awful lot. It means an awful lot that the, the, the group of fans, they can see what we're trying to do. They've showed an incredible amount of patience to, to hang in there with us. Um, I hope they see the light at the end of the tunnel. I hope they see what we're trying to do. Um, the group of guys that are out there on the court are, are competitive every night. We're demanding that of them. They demand it of each other. Um, you know, they play a fun style of basketball where, um, you know, as, as we've sort of mentioned before, you know, the, the flashy behind-the-back passes and so forth, you know, that looks great. And, you know, th there's a place for that, yeah. uh, that flair. 
but there's also the loose ball rolling on the floor. We better be the team to get that loose ball. There's no excuses why our guys would not be the first to that. They would not be the first to sliding over and taking a charge and supporting each other from the te- from the benches and so forth. So it's a lot of the intangibles that I think this fan base demands here. Um, again, that's what I want to be a part of. That's what our group wants to be a part of. Um, so we're trying to find the players that also fit with, with this borough, and, and that'll sell itself. Yeah, you know, it, we're, we're all sort of um, visual creatures by habit, right? So when you walk through this facility and this building for the first time, uh, it's certainly eye-popping, and, you know, you, you can't necessarily duplicate this in other places just due to the nature of where, where we all stand and where yeah. the building sets itself. Um, uh, that shows a complete commitment from ownership. You know, when they're sitting here saying, hey, look, we're going to build, you know, what we'd like to think of as the, the best facility in the NBA and continually update it. And they've, they've, they've showed that commitment year over year. I mean, it's only been available for, for two years, and they're continuing to pour, to pour more, um, you know, dollars into it to keep it, uh, you know, an elite facility around the world. So that's great. I mean, one thing I, I would just sort of, Add to that would be the caveat of this is the bricks and mortar, and I think that's great and it's very flashy, but um, that can lack some substance. It can be a really pretty building, but without the people that are inside it, that's what makes this special. So, from a staff perspective, from the sweat equity that our coaching st- staff put in, from all the people that are in the office, from the business side, from uh, and basketball operations, I think that's what you know people sense. Oh, there's something different going on there, and. You know, it's a very collaborative, very creative approach to it. And, and, you know, look, to be honest, I'm learning things from these guys every day, so I think it's terrific. You know, yeah, absolutely. And one thing we've hopped on is, you know, the culture from day one, and that's because that's something that we could control. You know, we couldn't control draft assets and, <laughs> yeah. and free agency and so forth for the last couple of years. But, um, you know, from a culture perspective and what we do inside the building, outside the building, who comes in and out of the building, we can control that. And we can try and build that. And it is a we. It's not an I. This is something that uh, the culture is only as good as the people that are leading it and pushing it and driving it. And that starts obviously with our players, obviously with Kenny and myself, but everybody else. There's nobody here that doesn't have an opinion or can't have a voice in how we can build and grow and and, and continually grow this thing. So, um, yeah, culture is absolutely priority. Well, I, I would take almost a step back and look at it um, like what did 17-18 play, what did 16-17 play, so forth. So, you know, you, every year, you know, our goals, strategic vision and so forth, um, and not saying we've been able to achieve everything we wanted to, but, you know, as long as we're staying on that same path and with some little detours here and there and we pivot when we need to, they've all played a role in there. And you would hope that nothing we do this season would jeopardize potentially what happens next summer or the summer after that or the year after that and so forth. So things that we can control this year would be um, continue to compete. I think that's really important for us. It's important for our current players. They want to go out there and compete. This is not a year where we're going to sit there just because we control our own pick and say, all right, well, let's just hope that pick is as good as it possibly can be. <laughs> right. you know? I mean, there's other factors at play here. Um, and I think it's really important, and it goes back to the fan base. It's important for the fan base to see that what the trajectory is that we're on here, what we're trying to build here. Um, so I think hopefully we'll look back at, uh, at this next season and say, look, the development of our guys continued. 
coaching staff have done a terrific job there. Development coach has done an amazing job developing our guys so far. That's got to continue. There's no question there. And it should continue for you know the, the rest of the history of this franchise. That, that's a big piece to it. Um, but again, it'll be how our guys compete on a nightly basis, um, how we've all developed from myself, from Kenny, from the whole coaching staff, front office. We should continue to grow and be molded, and, and hopefully we're all improving. You know, look, all pro teams are cognizant of would be you never want to have a, uh, a losing culture here. Um, sometimes you, 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 can't, you, you can't change it. You have nothing to do with that. But at the end of the day, for us, it's about taking the right steps, continuing to grind, continuing to stay true to who we are. Um, look, we've got a competitive group of young guys. They all know what's ahead of them with, with plenty of you know, free agents on our own roster. I mean, they know that this is a big year for a lot of them here. And um, to me, that's intriguing, that's exciting, as to you know, how they continue to compete and develop, which, you know, again, if you're competing, you're trying to win games. Could be played in here. Um, and, you know, look, we know that can be natively used against us as well from other sides. You know, if we don't show the, 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 the trajectory that we yeah. hope and so from the build that we hope. But again, our goal is certainly to go out there and, and put our best foot forward, um, compete on a nightly basis, you know, look at ways we could have improved from last year and the year before. That, that's, that's on staff as, just as much as, uh, as players. For it's, it's all of us looking here how we can improve. Without divulging everything to you on the phone call. Um, yes, so that, that again, that goes to where you, you have to be um, creative in... Uh, the approach to free agency. Like, look, if we're going to all our eggs in one basket, we're saying this is the guy we're going to go get, and we hope to get him, or, or whatever it may be, and you don't get him, you 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 better have that plan B and C and so forth that you alluded to before. The other piece to it is, um, as we navigate this next season, we'll have a better idea of how things are going and so forth, how our own guys are developing and so forth. And you never know what turns we may take. I mean, there's plenty of different dates throughout the season that we need to get through. I mean, obviously, let's just work through training camp, and then you've got you know, December 15th dates, trade deadline, and draft, and so forth. So things can take a different, some different forms here on how we build this thing. So I would not say, hey, look, it's entirely predicated on you know, summer 2019. I mean, there, there could be some different avenues throughout the year that we, we take. I want to take the time to thank everyone, as usual, for listening. You guys are the best. I I appreciate everybody that takes the time to tune in, give their comments on the show. I try to make sure when I do my Instagram posts that it really gives you a a, a real good description of what was going on. I understand this is radio, this is podcast, so people are just hearing things. They just want to get a little bit of a visual, so I give them a little bit of a visual through Instagram. I like to make sure everything tells a story so it's not just me giving you pictures of selfies or a picture with a, a, an athlete. It's a story behind it. So I, I just appreciate everybody that follows, once again, at Ed Easton Jr. as well as on Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. Until next time, this is Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.